Blog Talk Radio. One of the most important things, because the subconscious mind uh, really has fundamental programs of life that we acquire from our parents, our family, our community, uh, between uh, the last trimester of pregnancy and the first seven years. So this is why nature created the first seven years of a child's life to download how to be a member of a family and a society and a culture by strictly observing other people. It's actually a brain function. It's a equivalent of hypnosis. Yes. Okay. So the fundamental programs your subconscious are not yours. The conscious mind is yours. That's the creative mind. Well, the issue is that the conscious mind uh, can travel in time. What are you doing next week? Yeah. Your mind lets go of the moment, goes to next week. What did you do last week? Let's go of the moment, and you move into last week. Or I say, I think it's something in your head. Uh, and the moment you're thinking, you're not paying attention. Well, this is what the function of the subconscious comes in. When you're not paying attention, you go to autopilot. So it's not like you're walking down the street and you have a thought and then stop. Like that. No, you continue walking. Yeah, but you're not paying attention. So it's a subconscious that does all the jobs from walking to driving the car. Uh, and so why is this relevant? Because when we're not paying attention and we default to the subconscious, we, start, we play the programs that are in the subconscious. And then I go, yeah, but the programs in the subconscious are primarily not yours. They came from other people. The, the, and most of them, as psychologists tell us, most of the programs we get are disempowering, self-sabotaging, and limiting. And the relevance about that is this. If I'm going to play those programs, then I'm, by definition, I'm going to be shooting myself in the foot. The reason why you play the subconscious programs is because the conscious mind's engaged with thinking, which is 95% of the time or more. And that means 95% of your behavior is invisible to you. And why I really wanted to emphasize this so much is this, because we believe we're victims. Oh, you know, I really wanted to be successful. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to have a great relationship, and it's not working out. And then you say, well, that was my intention. And it's not working, so therefore the world's against me. And then we go into victims like, God, I really wanted it and it didn't happen. And I just wanted people to wake up because it basically is this. It's not the world against you at all. The world will give you everything. The issue is you're not operating from your conscious mind except 5% at the most. And so your life is really a reflection of your subconscious programming. Now you say to me, well, I got programmed from the last trimester of pregnancy, first seven years, so I was being programmed when I was one and two and three, and I go, absolutely. And you say, but what, what were the programs? I wasn't there. I have no idea what the hell the programs are. And I go, here's the neat part. 95% of your life is coming from the subconscious. So all you have to do is look at your life and just look at it and say, for what? I say, what comes to you that you want and it comes to you easily, you have programs to allow that to happen. But what you struggle with, what you work hard on, what you, you have to put a lot of effort into, why are you working so hard? And the answer is simple, because you have an invisible program that is sabotaging you from that point. So now all of a sudden you say, well, what do I need to change? I say, well, look at your life yes. and tell me what you're having trouble with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's the, the, the direct expression of a program that's not supporting you. 
There's always been a belief that the conscious and the subconscious minds are one and the same. So if I educate my conscious mind, then my subconscious mind should automatically know what the heck I just did. Yeah. Right? So then I say, well, yeah, guess what? How many self-help books did you read? And I go, oh, I read all these self-help books. I say, now that you read them, did your life change? And the answer is, no, not really. But I'm really smart because if you ask me any questions about the self-help <laughs> book, I can answer it. I say, well, what's the issue? And the issue is this. The conscious mind is creative. So, yeah, I could read the book. I could watch this video with you in it. I could uh, even just go, aha, and the conscious mind could accept that and learn it. But the subconscious mind does not learn that way. And that has been the problem because we educate the conscious mind to get really smart and our life stays exactly the same as it is. And the issue is why? Because it doesn't translate from the conscious to the subconscious. Because the subconscious learns in, well, three to four fundamental ways. Number one, the first way it learned seven years was hypnosis because the brain was operating at a low vibrational frequency and just downloading what it saw. After you're seven, how do you learn? Habituation. How'd you learn the ABCs or the times table? You had to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and finally you got it and then you know how to do it. You want to drive a car? You have to practice and practice and then you learn how to do it. So if you want to change the subconscious mind, hypnosis is number one, that works. Uh, number two, repetition, habituation, yes. create a habit. And at first it seems like a struggle because it's new to the subconscious mind, but hey, you didn't learn ABCD the first time you said it, you know, you That's had to right. do it again and again. But after you do it for a repetition period, it will be so natural that if you're not doing it, your subconscious mind goes, hey, what's happening? We're not doing it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's really good. We overcome that. Um, a third way, which is um, very, uh, some people get it and it's very powerful, but I wouldn't recommend it, is tremendous emotional shock. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Something happens in your life and it's so dramatic that after that moment, you're not going to be the same person. The subconscious got, got it right there, okay? Yeah. And the newer one and the better one is um, a whole new field of uh, uh, belief change modalities, which are also associated with what's called energy psychology. Yes. Uh, and these are wonderful uh, because basically uh, it's a form of super learning. And what's neat about it, the conventional things like hypnosis or habituation, there's a time element that takes a long time. Yeah. But these new belief change modalities, uh, like a super learning experience, you can change a belief you've had your whole life, 50 years, and change it in 10 minutes. Yeah. And so this is really, it's really, it's a new type of psychology that's coming in, but it's really necessary because, as they say, uh, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yep. We're running into a world that has a lot of necessity to change very, very quickly. So uh, we're really happy to see that there are ways of changing without going through all that anxiety and stress, so we can do it really quickly. My favorite one is the one that I use because I'm the most familiar with it, but there's yeah. many of them in my books. I give a whole list, but yeah. the one I, I use is called Psych-K, like the abbreviation of psychology. Yeah. It actually represents psychological kinesiology. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's an exercise where you, you get your right and your left brain hemispheres to work in harmony, which they don't do on a normal day-by-day -day basis and when you get them to work in harmony that's called brain synchronization a window sort of opens up and you can drop in a new belief in five minutes you know it's really fun because you say well what if you can release these programs and that's uh, the story of the matrix where I say well, I take the red pill I get out of the program and I say yeah but in real life every time we've taken the red pill I say what's the red pill in real life and the answer is falling in love Falling in love with the person or falling in love with a, uh, your creativity or whatever it is, falling in love. Because when you fall in love, what you're doing is so captivating and so engrossing and so desirable, you don't let your conscious mind wander. So the first time in your life, your conscious mind staying present. And I said, well, why is that important? Conscious mind 
wishes, desires, and aspirations. If you're operating from that mind, you manifest your wishes and desires. So my conclusion for all of this blah, blah, blah that I'm giving you is simply this. What if you go into the subconscious mind and change the programs in the subconscious mind so they reflect the wishes and desires of your conscious mind? What would that mean? And i tell you what it means. You'll live in a honeymoon for every day of your life on this planet for a simple reason. Yeah. If my conscious mind with wishes and desires begins to wander and I default into the subconscious and is playing my wishes and desires, I never left the honeymoon. Most people's stresses are not real uh, immediate emergency stresses at all. They're beliefs of a fear of that they won't have something. They won't have a job. They won't have food. They won't have a friend. Uh, and it's not that they don't have them right now. They're thinking about, oh, that happens. And that's where the stress comes from. And that's why 90% of the people are in fear because they, they recognize that their future is uncertain. But rather than seeing it in a positive way, they, they have a, a, you know, this image of a negative work, thing. Work it all out. And, uh, and, yeah. and it's really interesting because, remember, when you fall in love and you get out of the program and you create heaven on earth. Well, if it wasn't for the programming, everybody would have heaven on earth. Yes. So if we can change the programming, then heaven on earth is available. experience life as we know it as some of you should know it yeah yeah place marcy brooklyn action well y'all know the action I got the shorty on my block, always clocking my rocks. He likes the style of profile, I think he won the mock. He likes the way I walk, he see my money talking. The honey talking, I'm the hottest nigga in New York. And I see his hunger pains, I know his blood boils. He wanna run with me, I know this kid to be loyal. I watched him make a few wins, the cop his little sneakers and gear. Then it's just enough for re-up again. I see myself in his eyes, I move from Levi's to get the Versace. Now it's diamonds like Liberace, that's just a natural cycle. Nobody wanna be like Michael, where I'm from, just some niggas who bounce from a gun, we out here trying to make our white into cold green, I could help shorty blow out like Afro Sheen, plus I could relive my days if you which is gone, that little nigga's peak, it's time to put it's him on, come on, and hold my own weight up in my crown, got to lock it down and when they run, my crown, it's Bringing the drama, trying to come up in the game and add a couple of dollar signs to my name. I'm out here serving, disturbing the peace. Life could be better, like my man reclined in plush leather seats and selling weight. I'm selling eight, bull sixteen, trying to graduate to push your quarters, y'all. I ain't gonna sweat him, I'ma let him come to me. If he give me the nod, then these niggas don't see. I'm tired of vegan out here round the clock and breaking day and chasing crackers up the block for my pay. I'm staying fresh, so chickens check. I'm trying to step up to the next level, pushing vets through the jets. Diamonds reflect from the sun directly in your equilibrium. It's sun. I'm waiting for my day to come. I got the urge to splurge. I don't want a lifetime sentence. Just give me the word. It's time to come on. Can't hold my own weight up in my crown. Got to lock it down and when they run, in my crown. It's time to come on. And stick up my chest and make some loot. Got to lock it down and when they run, in on my own too. Hey fella, I've been watching you. Clean.
clock. Who me holding down this block? It ain't nothing. You the man, nigga. Now stop fronting. <laughs> I like your style. Nah, I like your style. Let's drive around the world. Cool, nigga. Here's a fact. A G, I ride with you for free. I want the long-term riches and bitches. Listen to me. You let them other niggas get the name. Skip the fame. Ten thousand, a hundred G. Keep your shit the same. On the low. Yeah, the only way to blow. You let your shit bubble quietly. And then you blow. Hey, keep it cool. The only way to people fool is let them show his hands and you play your card. Then these do deal and I understand. Don't blow your dough on high. The only thing I got in this world is my work and my nuts. It won't break up for nobody. I like your resume. Pick a day. You can start. From now until death, do what's part, nigga. And hold my own weight up in my crown. Got to lock it down and when they ride, it's time to come up. And stick up my chest and make some loot. Got to lock it down and when they ride, it's time to come up. And hold my own weight up in my crown. Got to lock it down and when they ride, it's time to come up. And stick up my chest and make some loot. Got to lock it down and when they ride, it's time to come up. People misunderstood it, so I want you to be able to say it. Um, I think it was Details Magazine. You talked about, you used the word God, and that's what messed everybody up. But you said you, something to the effect, you were a self-made God. Explain it. Um, I made up my mind to make a change in my life when I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. We are all gods on this planet, every man and every woman. We create life, we can take life, we control what goes into the sea, whether the fish can live or not. We decide if the trees can grow tall, we decide if the children will eat. We are very powerful beings on the planet Earth. And when I said a self-made God, I meant just what I said. Barry White changed his life. Mm-hmm. Show you right. Yeah. And people criticize the statement? No, not to my knowledge. It's the first yeah. time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, people tend to play down our power. Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry about it. This next guy do it, or let's ask God above to do it. There's a lot of things that has to change on this planet Earth that only we can change. Yeah. And until we embrace the fact that we are as powerful uh, as we are as beings, we're going to continue to make the mistakes and allow the mistakes to be made from our children to our adults to our elderly to whatever situation you want to talk about. Okay, we we got to run to a quick commercial, and they're going to do a cut from the album, and we're waiting for an Isaac Hayes album soon. You can sure invite him. Right. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after these messages on Evolution Radio. of the mind, states of existence, and states of being. 
So Jesus told us to stop looking for heaven in the sky. He said the kingdom of heaven is within you. And that we are the temples of the living God. That the living God lives in our temple and he does not inhabit the sky, but he inhabits the higher realms of the heavens, of the realm of the secret innermost chamber of the subconscious chamber of the soul of man and woman, and this power bursts forth and emanates forth from him to set in motion a universal order based on principle and law. All of this set in motion by a divine power and a divine force that never dies. It's constant. It just changes forms. God is in man. Can't be in any man. He's got to be in the original man. Because if God is the first and everything comes from him, then he can't wait for anything else. He brings everything else into existence. There could be no white man if there were no black man. It is biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive white man to produce the dominant yellow baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive yellow man and woman to produce the dominant brown baby. Biologically and genetically impossible for the recessive brown man and woman to produce the dominant black baby. But that black man and his woman, the father and the mother of it all, can produce black, can produce brown, can produce red, can produce yellow. And if the seed runs wild or mutates in the womb of the black woman, can even produce an albino, something which is whiter than white, 180 degrees in either direction. Yeah, 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 straight G-shirt. Uh-huh, straight G-shirt. Welcome to the hood, nigga. The hoods I come from, huh? Fuck with me. Dip set. Shoot him up, bang, bang, nigga. We'll do anything to get the cake. Saw my first drugs in front of 1768. Look around, fiends putting Skrilla in his hand. Selling hope to the desperate had me feeling like a man. And my pops, shit, he ain't want me in the trap. But what the fuck can he do? He had a monkey on his back. And my poor, poor mama, yeah, Miss Ruby, God bless her soul. Cause I done made them tears roll down her eyes. Being the gangster wasn't in her plans. No, mommy, what you expect is take a man to raise a man. And you praying to Jesus. Jesus, ma, he can't move mountains, no. rip back the living room, need new that's couches, why that's why I'm out here, day and night, night uh-huh. and day, I know I got a price uh-huh. to pay, but fuck it, that's my life, so hey, hey. I'm from a block where you be dead for respect, yep. little niggas picking up they flag, repping they sex, OG's home from jail, extorting these rappers, what? gangsters in Hollywood, selling coke to the actors, and me, I'm still in it, trying to make a meal in it, shit, pissing me off, but I'm forced to deal with it, hey, and my niggas in jail don't think shit's well for me. The way shit looking, they might have a cell for me And these niggas thinking this pressure gonna break me But now I'm going G-Mac and just see where life takes me My life Growing up I had to go through hell I had to worry about surviving in the hood That's right He looking at me thinking shit is all good You never know how I made it through I made it That's right I gotta 
make it. Up the block was the pimps, down the block was the whores Around the corner was the weed, down the block was the raw They always used to say that young chick was got shit Until that girl started giving niggas that shit The life of a sick of kids, sticking up liquor stores Till he turned into a wino, hanging around liquor stores Man, this shit a war, I know you've seen this before Bitch on crack, baby running around with pissy drugs She the baby mother of a nigga locked up Wondering why she ain't wrote her, cause she out here smoking and she ain't taking care of his son, that's number one And he's stressing, just got charged with another gun I know niggas that's on the run And niggas in they cell looking at the XXL Like I was just with Rel He used to be in the yard with the gangsters and blood He ain't have too many fights, but I knew he was tough He used to say he was gonna go home, get in the game, live it up And when he walked out to jail, can't go and pick him up He did. God damn, that shit really happened I guess gangsters, they can make it really rapid I'm here for a reason, don't I never dispute that If a nigga ever shot at me, I shot back and shoot back My presence is felt, don't stick around for nothing A stand-up nigga who won't sit down for nothing Let the garbage men handle the garbage. We're professional anglers, okay? We go after the big fish. Chasing them monkey-strong, crackhead motherfuckers anyway. You know they'd have killed you without hesitation. That's why they belong in prison. For what? They got beat down, they lost their rock, they lost their money. The message from Hillside probably gonna smoke them. I mean, Jesus, what more you want? I want the justice. Right? Is that not justice? That's street justice. What's wrong with street justice? Oh, I just let the animals wipe themselves out. God right? willing. Fuck them. Everybody who looks like them. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. The good guys, they die first, right? Those school kids and moms, family men, they don't want to catch the stray bullets in the noodle. To protect the sheep, you got to catch the wolf. And it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. You understand? What? I said you protect the sheep by killing the motherfucking wolves. No, you didn't hear me. You listening, but you didn't hear me. All right, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the fuck ever. Anybody up. I mean, it seems like you're pretty busy keeping people out. What the fuck you talking about? You know what you're talking about, bitty boot. Got nothing but shit between your ears. Shit, they build jails because of me. Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigations, okay? My record speaks for itself. How many felons have you collared? Huh? Yeah, I rest my case. Oh, yeah. Look, man, I'm not smoking crack, all right? Yeah, I don't... Just put it in the glove box. Put the $60 in there, too. That'll come in handy later on. We'll use it like, like a credit card or something. Hey, no matter what I say, you did the right thing. Reminds me when I was out there chasing down bad guys, rocking their world. That was some pretty amazing shit you did back there, Oi. Thanks. Yeah, I noticed you applied that, uh, that chokehold, though, huh? <laughs> I thought that was a no-no procedure, boy. <laughs> I was getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and you did what you had to do, right? You did what you had to do. That's right. Oh! 
wolf does. You a wolf? <laughs> come on, wolf. Oh, come on, dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I said a wolf, not a rooster. A wolf. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh. That's a rooster. Give me a wolf. Fuck this, man. Give me that beard. Ah, there you go. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. Just keep it one and with me. 
Word. You ain't gotta Word. lie, just to ride being real. You should try to just keep it one and with me. Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one and with me. You ain't gotta lie, just to ride, just keep it one and with me. Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one and with me. You ain't gotta lie, just to ride being real. You should try to just keep it one and with me. Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one and with me. You ain't gotta lie, just a ride, just keep it one and with me. Yeah. Should never be hard to be real when you keep it one and with me. Keep it one and with me. <laughs> And that, in fact, this is our land. So beginning with that premise, whether you're more or not more, I'm going to start with what law really is. Most of us think that we go into a courtroom and understand the difference between a court and a courtroom, that uh, the people who purport to use law really use words of art to make you believe, in fact, that law is uh, on the table when you walk into a courthouse or a courtroom, when in fact that's not true. And I would like to share with you tonight, regardless of your religious persuasion, what law really is. Law, and as Muslims would say, all law, is A-L-L space L-A-W, all law, all law. So for anyone who's of a Christian persuasion, don't be misled. And when you hear the term all law, all law is God, all right, that is also what we would say in lawful terms, a misnomer. All law is not God. God has no capacity and no standing to all law. Because God means governmental ordinance departments. There is no comparison. Now, who can use law? Law can only be used by people who are in their sovereign capacity. And I was, as I will share with you tonight, the majority of the people in the world, and I'm not going to get into all of the details about that, but the majority of the people in the world, 99% of them live in slavery today. So in 1863, via the Emancipation Proclamation, and I challenge you to go look in a law dictionary and look up the definition of emancipation and proclamation, and you will see that a proclamation is not a law. A proclamation is a public announcement by elected officials. It is not a law. So the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 did not set any slaves free. What it did was standardize slavery the United States being the model for the standardization of slavery that all of the other nations around the world, as they reduced their people from their sovereign capacity and forced them to join nation states, then they were able to issue statute, codes, ordinances, resolutions on them. And a statute, as in a state statute of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, is not a law. It is corporate policy of the corporation that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated. All right? Now, a code is not a law. The United States codes 
the code of the laws of the United States of America that are used in federal court and the Supreme Court are not law. They are what they say they are. They are codes, ordinances, and resolutions of a municipality of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private nonprofit corporation that calls itself the city of Philadelphia, an ordinance and a resolution, as in parking ordinances, they are not law. They are what they say they are. They are ordinances and they are resolutions, all right? And the reason they are not law is because the only people who can issue law are people who are acting in their sovereign capacity. And the people who sit in these seats as elected officials are not, in fact, in their sovereign capacity. They are in a corporate ward status, meaning that they are wards of the state. They are members of the corporation, which is a nonprofit, that calls itself the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And as long as they have a birth certificate on record with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, with that birth certificate being a contract, a birth certificate is a contract, and as long as you have a contract with the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, you belong to them, and that's what slavery really is. All right? So who can use law? If you are a member of a corporate ward state, if you are a member of a corporate ward nation that calls itself the United States of America, you are a citizen. Look in the law dictionary and look up the definition of citizen. A citizen is not a sovereign. A resident is not a sovereign. Therefore, if you use an address, which is a fictitious number associated with a designation issued by a corporate ward, right, then you become under the jurisdiction of those people who are also corporate wards but who are also slaveholders, all right? So if you are operating in that capacity, law does not apply to you. If you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, and you say you are a resident of the city of Philadelphia, then the ordinances and the resolutions of that private, nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania Incorporated, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, then the statutes of that nonprofit corporation apply to you. If you are a citizen of the United States of America, which is a private, nonprofit corporation, then the code of the laws, right, apply to you. But if you are a sovereign of the Moorish Empire, those ordinances, those resolutions, those codes, those statutes do not apply to you because you are not a member of the corporate ward state. It's as simple as that. And they understand the difference. This is why on their documents they use words of art. They use the word label. They use the word person. They use the word address. All of these things that place you in their jurisdiction and you unknowingly fill out forms every day and every time you fill out a form, you enter into a contract. I don't care what kind of form it is. It's a contract. A driver's license application is a contract. A social security application is a contract. When you call up the telephone company and you make a verbal contract over the telephone, 
This is why they can bill you. When you sign a deed, it is a contract. When you fill out a voter registration form, it is a contract. Does everybody understand that? Don't ever think. Every, anything that you put your signature on becomes a contract. All right? Now, the fact that you are not in your sovereign status means that you make a contract as a minor. They don't care. They know you are a minor because and, and to be other than a minor, you have to be in your proper person at law. And how we write that is this. Can you bear with me for a minute and let me put this on because uh, I can't. Can y'all see that? Impropria persona. Impropria persona. When you are in your corporate ward status, you look like this to the court. Pro se. Pro se meaning they get you in the court and they bring someone in called a Got that? Pro se cuter. A prosecutor. Because you're in a corporate board status. Now, if you're in proper persona, say in their criminal allegations. The prosecutor cannot come into the courtroom and say anything to you because you're not in pro se status. Makes sense, right? The issues of law, the issues of law are threefold. The issues of law are status, jurisdiction, and adjudication. The first thing that happens when you walk into a courtroom in your corporate ward status is that they already make the assumption that you are a ward of the state and that you don't know any better. So they immediately start adjudicating you. As the first thing that happens when we walk into a courtroom is that we place our status on the record. On the record. We come in with our flag. We come in with our treaty, we come in with the Constitution, we sign with them, and understanding that the Constitution is a contract, You're listening to Evolution Radio. Visit MakeMoreCommerce.com for more remedies with Joey L., where remedy meets preparation. Tomorrow may never come for you or me. 
Like to be nice, come on and do it right, like to be nice, come on and do it right, like to be nice. 
like how I was Those people I'm standing here Gon' go Gon' force one life Gon' bad Gon' shine my life Like this is nice I'm up to do it right Like this is nice I'm up to do it right Like this is nice That's what I like Yeah, baby My people Black people My people Black people Hello? Okay, good. So as the chemicals of emotion wane, the cells will go into a period of chemical withdrawal. This will stimulate the brain to produce more molecules of emotion, and the cells will carry out the corresponding behavior to concentrate the chemicals in the tissues. This is known as emotionalism, which creates drama. No, I'm serious. You have to understand that drama is a biological created activity because the chemistry of that emotion is dwindling in that person's body. And so therefore to keep that chemistry at the level that it's used to, it will stimulate the person to create drama. So you have to understand this is a self-imposed chemical addiction to one's own emotions. And if that means that they are sabotaging things to solve this chemical imbalance in the body, they will do that. If it means that they have to create disharmony or create havoc, etc., it will happen over and over and over again. So these people don't need enablers that continuously support them through their high drama. They need to actually be treated and put into withdrawal and consult about how to be able to separate their sensations from a thought so they do not continuously create this chemistry. So you have to understand this is a serious problem because what I have observed about us as African Americans is that we have difficulty staying focused and participatory in an event because we allow our emotions and now we've created these emotions because we have judged someone else's speech or someone else's behavior to allow us to abandon the goal or the project over and over and over again. So I used to find it very interesting because Caucasians would make it very clear to each other, I really do not like you. However, if they are very clear that they need that person's skill or talent, that is inconsequential, and I will meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock so we can get busy on this project. And at 5 o'clock, don't speak to me again. So I've heard us rationalize that, oh, that's hypocritical and just a whole bunch of other stuff, and how can they do that, and they shouldn't speak, and look at what they did. A whole bunch of chemical poisons and toxins that you have created in your mind. Because... When the mind understands that we need certain skills and talents to be able to get a project done, we're not interested in how they look, what they say, what they may be doing, etc. We're interested, can they execute this particular activity to the extent that I'm going to get one step closer to the goal. And if the mind understands that, a healthy mind will ignore the rest of the activities and stay focused on the goal. This is critical. I mean, I have seen us 
talk about we're not speaking and whatever else, etc., and nothing gets done. Nothing. Over and over and over again. Because we are emotional addicts. We are not in control at all of our bodies. It is our emotions that are driving us. And so, therefore, we have abandoned the project. Years go by. The same foolishness and nonsense. And we wonder why, what happened. And somebody else didn't do whatever they're supposed to do. No. It was you who would not control your mind and stay focused.
Thank you. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. Bounce L Bay Ali, and this is the New Evolution Radio Network. Today is Open Forum Friday. How y'all feeling today? Call lines are wide open. If you're in the chat, you want to call in, ask a question, make sure that you press uh, number one when you get in. The call in number is 347 989 0194. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Whole lot of gang shit going on out there. <laughs> Peace to the gods, man. I hope y'all doing well. Um, I got a I got a nice little topic. I'm gonna I'm gonna run through today. Um, I have um, a couple quick announcements. I got a seminar coming up in St. Louis. I um, also have another one planned for Philadelphia. All right. So if you'd like to sign up for those seminars, you can either do so at the door or you can do so in advance. Uh, if you do so in advance, the tickets will be a little bit cheaper. All right. Um, like to welcome you out. Come get some info. Everybody's welcome. Okay. Okay. Who y'all? All right. You're welcome. Come on out. Um. So today I wanted to. Oh, also, also go to makemorecommerce.com if you know how that. Okay. Um. But today I wanted to talk about the idea of what's known as hearsay. All right. And I think this is maybe one of the um, foundational things that people miss, and it's one of the reasons why we use things like Trinsley versus Tagliaro, all right, um, because hearsay is not admissible as evidence in any type of case, right? So a motherfucker say they, that you did something, and they got no proof that you did it, right? But they try to condemn you for something that you did not do, Right, <clears throat> you know, they gotta have some proof. So hearsay is not admissible except it's provided by the rules or other rules prescribed by the Supreme Court, pursuant to um, either statutory authority uh, or by act of Congress or that Constitution. And the Constitution, you know, talks about things like double jeopardy. You can't be t- uh, tried twice. Um, things of that nature, right? You 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 can. Um, you have the, the power to to meet your accusers when people accuse you of shit, right? All of that is a right, right? So if a motherfucker accuses you of some shit, wait a minute. Who accused me of some shit? And where are they facts? Where's your evidence? So if a cop says, hey, I saw this motherfucker and he was uh, speeding and he hit three red lights and, um, and then he hit a trash can. Well, wait a minute. First of all, do you have proof of this? And then when the prosecutor comes in, the prosecutor says, yeah, uh, judge, we, we got here that this guy speeding, he hit three red lights, and then he hit a trash can. According to section blah, 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 against the ordinance. Oh, wait a minute. That was hearsay. So 
the following are not excluded by the hearsay rule, even though the declarant um, is available as a witness, right? So, um, the, you know, the hearsay rule goes like this, right? Now, now, now these are things that you should consider to be excluded. So, present tense uh, impression. So, a statement describing or explaining an event condition made while the declarant was uh, perceived to have done something, right? So, um, and the reason why I'm going over this, right, and this is really important, is because a lot of people end up with traffic cases. You end up uh, even with debt collection cases, right? They'll say that you took out a debt, well, and 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 then the judge makes it law, right? Damn near, and it makes you have to pay for something that you didn't even do or something that you didn't take out. So it's really important to understand that hearsay, okay, does not stand. So. The following are not excluded by the hearsay rule, even though the declarant is available as a witness. So let's go through a few of them, okay? Number one, present sense impression. Number two, what they call excited utterance, which is a statement relating to um, a startling event or a condition made while the declarant was under stress of excitement. Three, the existing mental, emotional, or physical condition. So a statement of the declarant's then existing state of mind, emotion, sensation, physical condition, um, such as intent, plan, motive, design, mental feeling, okay, um, bodily health, okay. Number four, statements for purpose of medical diagnosis or treatment, right? Now, it's right because a lot of times they will try to say, well, this person's crazy, right? Well, where's the medical diagnosis? You can't just call somebody crazy. You can't just call somebody delusional. You can't just say that somebody um, is out of their mind or whatever it is, right? You have to have proof of these things. Okay? Uh, five, recorded recollection, right? A memorandum or, or record concerning a matter about which a witness once had knowledge but now has insufficient recollection to enable the witness to testify fully and accurately shown to have been made or adopted by the witness. But the matter was fresh in the witness's memory, okay? So recorded recollection, all right? And I'm giving you all of this because these are things that you can bring up if you have an issue, okay? Um, <clears throat> records of regularly conducted activity, okay? Next one, um, under Rule 902.12 or statute permitting certification, unless the source of information or the method of circumstance of preparation indicates lack of trustworthiness. The term business, as used in the paragraph, includes business, institution, association, profession, occupation, and calling of every kind, whether or not conducted for profit. Okay? So these are some things for you to think about. Now, that's under what they call the federal rules of evidence. Okay? Um, that's known, you know, so you have federal rules of civil procedure, you got federal rules of evidence, all of these things can help you. Now, let's let's just talk about the hearsay rule, right? Because the rule prohibiting hearsay out of court statements offered as proof of the statement from being admitted as evidence because of the inability of the other party to cross-examine the maker of the statement. Do you know how many people make false statements all day, every day? Niggas be out here lying. You ain't got a lie to kick you. But niggas be out here lying. This is why I always tell y'all, man, tell the truth, be honest, be honest on your paperwork, don't lie, 
Don't lie. If you're into the name change, don't lie. So you also go by that name. But don't fucking lie, right? Now, there are a number of exceptions to the hearsay rule, including uh, present sense impression, which I just thought of, talked about, excited utterances, declarations of present states of mind, dying, and the business records exceptions. So as well as things defined not to be hearsay, so admission of a party opponent and prior statements of a witness, okay? So these are things that go into the hearsay. Now, hearsay is a testimony from a witness under oath who is reciting an out-of-court statement that's being offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. See, this is why people who are public officials, they are held to a high standard because they took an oath. Now, let's let's talk about the oath. Okay? Because judges take oaths, county clerks take oaths, lawyers take oaths, police officers take oaths. Uh 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 Hell, even the Boy Scouts take an oath. Okay? Oaths of office. Now, traditionally, an oath, which is from the Anglo-Saxon, also known as plight, is either a statement of fact or a promise with wording relating to something considered sacred as a sign of verity. Okay, motherfuckers take blood oaths, too. How many of y'all have taken oaths? Some of y'all niggas that's in gangs have taken oaths. Some of y'all have taken oaths that you can't back the fuck out of. Now, a common legal substitute for those who um, consensuously object to making sacred oaths is to give an affirmation. That's why I affirm. Now, what's an affirmation, right? Because in law, an affirmation is a solemn declaration allowed to those who consensuously object to taking an oath. So an affirmation is uh, exactly the same legal effect as an oath, but it's usually taken to avoid the religious implications of an oath, and it's thus legally binding but not considered a religious oath. So some religious adherents hold beliefs that they allow them to make legally binding promises but forbid them to swear an oath before a deity. Who is your God? You see, this is what, you know, somebody asked me, you know, and I don't know, I don't know what, what the fuck was going on. Okay, and I'll just, y'all know me, I give, I give my truth. Um, for about a week, maybe two weeks, people kept asking, what's your religion? What do you believe in? Well, number one, it's none of your, your damn business. Okay, number two, uh, am I am I on this? Am I on the witness stand here? Because I was pretty sure that we had freedom of religion in this country, and I could believe whatever the hell I wanted to. No pun intended. Using the word hell. Now, and I could practice whatever uh, practice I wanted to, right? Even if that, and I don't practice witchcraft, but even if it was, right? Okay. Now, the affirmation law, right, which is important, right? It, 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 it is thus legally binding, but not considered a religious oath. So, some religious adherents hold beliefs that allow them to make legally binding promises, but forbid them to swear an oath. So, I want you to think about 
uh, your Church of Scientology. Think about your Catholic Church. Think about your Baptist Church. Think about your doctors who take what they call a Hippocratic Oath. So even doctors is taking oaths. Okay. Now, additionally, many decline to make religious oaths because they feel to do so uh, would be valueless or inappropriate, especially in what they call secular courts. Okay? So in some jurisdictions, the affirmation may be given only if such a reason is provided. Now, in the United States, the original 1787 Constitution of the United States makes three references to oaths of affirmation. In Article 1, senators must take a special oath or affirmation for the purpose of sitting as the tribunal for impeachment. In Article 2, the president is required to take a specified oath or affirmation before entering office. So you need to see oath of office. And in Article uh, 6, all statements of federal officials must take an oath of affirmation to support the U.S. Constitution. Mind I, must I mind you of the supremacy clause, okay? So, so for those who want to get a little froggy out there, remember, you took a motherfucking oath to support the Constitution, which means that you're going to support the treaty, which means when I use my treaty, okay, or my treaties, plural, okay, to protect me from the indignities and the wrongs of those who seek to crucify me or you, you can back their ass up. Now, a fourth appears in the amendment. Uh, I, uh, I'm not good with Roman numerals. Um, I think it's eight. Okay. Um, but it says that all warrants must be supported by evidence given under oath or affirmation. Why do you think that police officers do a police report on you? Right? Now, if somebody says you did something, number one, you have to be able to uh, face your accuser. Number two, you can't come in and say somebody is mentally unstable, okay, without actually checking their mental health or their, or their mental faculties. Who the fuck are you? To come in and, and accuse somebody or something, right? This is why it's so important to understand how the law works. Now, a nigga told me yesterday that I don't do no research and I never done any research in my life. Nigga, who are you? Nigga, I ought to slap the shit out of you. I ought to slap the shit out of somebody like that, right? Especially with, with anybody who knows me over the last 10 years knows how I get down when it comes to the law. Y'all know. Right? Now, on Friday, March 4th, 1853, uh, Franklin Pierce, he became the 14th president of the United States, right? And it's been the only president to date who affirmed rather than swore an oath of office. And I'll say it again, Franklin Pierce was the only president that affirmed rather than taking an oath. Okay? Now, in the United Kingdom, uh, a right to give an affirmation has existed in English law, and since the Quaker Act of 1695, an act that the what they called the, the, the Solomonet Affirmation and Declaration of the People, called the Quakers, shall be accepted instead of an oath. Why do you think some people want to call themselves Quakers? 
I need y'all to wake up. I need y'all to really get it. Okay? Now, the text of the affirmation was the following, right? It said, and this is a quote. It says, I do declare in the presence of Almighty God, the witness of the truth of what I say, uh, right? The right to give an affirmation is now embodied in the Oaths Act of 1978. So, once again, it said that I do declare in the presence of Almighty God, the witness of the truth of what I say. So, understanding that it took an affirmation. Okay. Now, the right to give affirmations um, was put in the Oaths Act of 1978 in the UK, right, which prescribes the following form. It says, quote, I do solemnly, sincerely, and truly declare and affirm, and then proceed with the words of the oath prescribed by law, omitting any words of uh, appreciation or calling to witness. So the Quakers, right, would use this, and you, you can think of the Quakers like the Mormons and things like that, right? Some of these people don't want to swear oaths on God. Some of them don't want to swear oaths on God. And let me tell you something. If you're lying, you, you probably shouldn't put an oath on God, right? Because not only is there some universal karma behind that, but guess what there also is? Guess what there also is behind, besides karma for lying, okay? Some some people call it treason. Let me tell y'all something, man. So a lot of public officials out here be lying. What you think, which, why do you think your boy Andrew, or what's his name, Cuomo, or whatever the fuck his name is up in New York, why do you think they took his ass and um, tell him real quick, hey, buddy, you might want to resign? Where you have more problems than you really want. Okay. Now, back to the hearsay thing, right? Because hearsay is important, and I think that we have to understand that, that understanding the rules of hearsay, right? The federal rules of evidence prohibit introducing hearsay statements during applicable federal court proceedings. Unless one of nearly 30 exemptions or exceptions applies. The federal rules of evidence define hearsay as a statement that the declarant does not make while testifying at the current trial or hearing. And a party offers in evidence to prove the truth of the matter asserted in a statement. You know, I ain't going to lie to y'all, man. You know, there's a lot of fuck shit that be going on. Right? People like to use this information to get themselves out of bullshit. Why don't you just be honorable from the start? Why don't you be trustworthy from the start? Why don't you just not be a punk-ass person from the start? That, that might help a lot. <laughs> that might help you a whole lot. But the declarant is the person who makes the out-of-court statement. So the federal rules define a statement as a person's oral assertion or assertion. By a written assertion or a nonverbal conduct, the person intended it as assertion. So the Supreme Court has further ruled and clarified that a statement refers to a single declaration or remark rather than a report or a narrative. Thus, a trial court must separately analyze each individual statement, sentence by sentence, word by word, rather than analyzing the narrative as a whole. You see? So, the truth of the matter asserted 
means that the statement itself is being used as evidence to prove the substance of that statement. So, for example, if a witness says, Margot told me she loved Matt, to prove that Margot did, in fact, love Matt. The witness statement is hearsay. So, the reason a party offers a statement is central to determining whether it qualifies as hearsay. So, how many times have you gotten pulled over by the police? Right? And then they write on the police report other shit that you didn't do. It's happened to me before. Sure, it's happened to other people before. Right? Motherfucker be like, well, he was speeding, and then he didn't wear a seatbelt. And you be like, wait a minute, I did have him on a seatbelt. Why y'all, what's up with all this extra shit? Hearsay. Now, if a statement is being used to prove something other than the truth of what the statement asserts, it's not admissible, excuse me, it's not inadmissible because of the hearsay rule. So a quintessential example is the U.S. Supreme Court case Tennessee versus Street, all right, in which a co-defendant's confession was properly admitted against the defendant, but not for the hearsay purpose of directly proving that both men jointly committed a robbery and a murder, but for the non-hearsay purpose of rebutting the defendant's claims that his own confession was elicited through the sheriff's coercive tactic of reading his co-defendant's confession to him. So, in cases where a statement is being offered for the purpose of um, something other than truth, right, of what it asserts, a trial judge has the discretion to give the jury uh, what they call limiting instruction. Mandating that the jury consider the evidence only for its intended non-hearsay purpose. You know, one of the things about juries that is such a problem is half the people that are on the jury don't know shit about law. Okay. Now, the federal rules of evidence govern federal proceedings. Only 38 states have adopted the uniform rule of evidence, which closely tracks the federal rules. Okay. So I really need y'all to understand that hearsay is really, really important, man. It's probably one of the most important things that you could deal with, okay? Because anytime that you have any type of case, like I said, even if it's debt collection, it's their word against yours, right? And most times their word wins because you don't rebut it. Somebody says, well, what's a rebut? What is that? What is, it? What is a rebuttal, okay? And why would I need to rebut something? Okay? Now, rebuttal is basically you say, hey, what that person's saying is not true, but it needs to be put in um, the form of an affidavit um, or an affirmation. Okay? Now, in law, rebuttal is a form of evidence. Okay? It's presented um, to contradict or nullify other evidence that has been presented by an adverse party. So, by analogy, the same term is used in politics and in public affairs. Um, you can even look up the word counterclaim, okay? So when, you, when we think about counterclaim, counterclaim is when one party asserts a claim in response to the other party's claim, right? So people do counterclaims all the time when they're getting sued. Okay, well, you're going to sue me? Okay, well, I'm going to sue you. Somebody takes you to court for something? I don't care if it's something as simple as a debt collection case or if something as atrocious as a murder. There could be a counterclaim that can be done. Wait a minute, you accusing me of something? Well, why don't I take you to court and accuse you of something? I mean, you know, this is really how messed up it is that anybody can sue anybody. Okay? But it's important to know. Now, in law, special rules apply to rebuttals. So rebuttals 
um, evidence, rebuttal uh, witnesses must be confined solely to the subject matter. This is why we talk about line by line, right? Because when it's hearsay, judge has to go with exactly that person uh, used as hearsay, and then they have to use exactly what you use as a rebuttal to prove that that person was lying, word by word. So the basic process is as follows. Both sides of a controversy are obliged to declare in advance of trial what witnesses they plan to call uh, and what each witness is expected to testify to. When either a plaintiff or a prosecutor or a defendant brings direct evidence or testimony, which was not anticipated, the other side may be granted what they call a specific opportunity to rebut. But why wait? Why, why wait to be granted? I mean, that sounds like, sound like you're asking for permission for something that you already are able to do. Now, in rebuttal, the rebutting party may generally bring witnesses and evidence, which were never before declared, so as long as they serve to rebut the prior evidence. Y'all need to look up Trinity versus Pagliaro. Get you a certified copy of it. Don't play with this. Okay? Now, um, what's up, man? I can't get a beat. Can a nigga get a beat? Can I get a beat? Can I get a beat? There we go. I got a beat. Okay. Um, so, listen. When we talk about affirmation, right, y'all got to understand that and every, you know, and, and most, um, you know, first world countries, right, where the rule of law is a thing, okay, you have the right to defend yourself against your accuser. You have the right to meet your accusers. You got the right. You got the right to rebut shit, okay? Now, um... How about that old statement? I shot the sheriff. Remember that? Who shot the sheriff? Okay. Hearsay. But I did not shoot the deputy. Remember that? I might not remember that right. So, understanding how this works. Okay. All right, we're going to take a real quick break, um, and we'll come back, and I'll give you a little bit more, a few caveats, if you will. All right, you're right here, Open Forum Friday. Uh, tune in Sundays to the bottom line. All right. Like I said, man, understand how these rules work. It's a whole lot of gang shit going on, and the gangs ain't just your bloods and your crypts, sometimes your gangs is your politicians. Sometimes your gang members are your judges and your prosecutors. Sometimes your gang members are, are, are people who work for your federal government. <laughs> We'd be right back, man. Thank you to the gods. Big fat, big fat, big fat. You went about it the wrong way. 
in the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you believe us. Your light belongs to everyone who'll be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And every time you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people, dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that your 70 watts, your 70 watts have to be turned way up. Because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say, today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people and they're going to tell you your light's too bright, your light's too bright, your light's too bright, your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. Hopefully we, we are able to, uh, you know, 
hopefully we're able to, to, to get through the rest of this with some understanding, right? Now, we're talking about hearsay today, right? And, you know, understand that hearsay is one of these things where it's really important for you to get that people can't just come in and say you did anything, right? They can't call you mentally incompetent and exclude you from uh, cases. They can't do that, right? Unless they have taken you through a rigorous process. Um, they call it a Ferretti hearing. Never heard of a Ferretti hearing. Ferretti hearing is where they test your mental capacity to be able to stand trial, to defend yourself. They test your mental prowess. They love doing that shit. They love it. Saying no 14th Amendment, citizen. I'm a national, right? And I would advise that some of y'all get on that side too. So I'm trying to be in the mob. Not there's anything wrong with that, but you be who you are, right? Don't be who they want you to be. So let's get into it, right? Hearsay is defined by the issue to which evidence is offered. One cannot, whether a statement is hearsay without knowing how it is offered, um, decide whether an out-of-court statement is offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. Okay, so two things have to happen. First, what is the assertion? Okay, because an assertion has to happen. Then there has to be an issue. So... The assertion is the statement and the issue are pretty much the same, right? So this is it's tricky to identify these two things, right? So identifying the matter asserted is easy. The matter asserted is the text of the out-of-court statement. It's whatever is asserted in the out-of-court statement. It is what is said by the out-of-court declarant. So the matter asserted is not what the attorney is asserting, but what the out-of-court declarant did assert. So in other words, the key to identifying the out-of-court assertion is not what attorney asserts about why the statement is relevant. Rather, it's the text of the out-of-court statement. So at this point, when identifying the matter asserted, all that is important is the text of the out-of-court statement. Okay? What did the motherfucker say about you? Right? So if you said, and this is where Trinity versus Pat Lero comes in, if you said I pissed on a tree at 658, right, uh, with a pair of Jordans on, then you got to be able to prove that. You can't just say that shit, right? So the issue, identifying the issue is important, right? The issue should not be that difficult either. So the trick is to identify the issue to which a statement is being offered. So the issue to which the statement is being offered must be an issue that is in the case at hand. So the issue in any case includes all of the following. Number one, the essential elements of the cause of action. I've talked about this over and over. I talked about this last week. There has to be a cause of action. Even when you're doing cases in probate, there's got to be a cause of action against you. You got to bring a cause of action. Oh, excuse me. When you do cases in probate, you have to bring a cause of action. When somebody brings a case against you, there has to be a cause of action. Okay, so it works both ways. Okay, let me be clear on that. Two, essential elements of any affirmative defense. Three, the essential elements of any counterclaim or the like. Four, the credibility 
of each witness. What's your credibility? Are you a credible witness? Are you credible? Can we trust your ass? Are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? Now, while the statement may be offered to any issue found on the list, the key to whether the statement is hearsay is the issue to which it is actually offered. So the issue to which the statement is being offered is determined by the attorney offering the evidence. Y'all got some crooked-ass attorneys out here. Let me tell you something. Your judges and your lawyers, okay, these motherfuckers sit in the back and they'll play golf together and make little deals in the in the in the in the, uh, the judges' chamber, right? I mean, they'll, they'll they'll sign documents and statements saying that a motherfucker did something, knowing the whole goddamn time they ass is wrong and they in violation of what the oath that they took to be honorable. Okay. So while the statement can be offered to any issue filed, the key is to whether the statement is hearsay is the issue to which it's actually offered. So the issue to which the statement is being offered is determined by the attorney offering the evidence. Identify the issue by identifying why the attorney offering the evidence is doing so. Why are you giving that type of statement? Where do you get them facts from? Can you back that shit up? See, the part of the definition, right, assertion and the issues compared, is the out-of-court statement offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. So is it a function of comparing the assertion of an out-of-court statement and the ways in which the assertion is relevant? So is what you're saying actually relevant? Because you're making a statement off the record. This is what they mean by when they say, put it on the record, right? Where's your stenographer? Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, something. So if you're dealing with a court case and you're in court and you don't have a stenographer in the court with you, I'm talking about your own stenographer. You better get one. Don't go into court without having a stenographer. Listen, I need you to come in and, and, and type these records up. And everything that they say and type up, you need to do the same because I don't want shit omitted from the court record. I don't want shit that, I don't want nothing omitted. Not a damn word. Not even a comma. Comma on comma on comma. Okay? So, um, to make this comparison, right, ask yourself three questions. Number one, what is the assertion in the out of court statement? Number two, what is the issue to which uh, the out-of-court statement is offered. And number three, how is the assertion relevant to the issues in the case at hand? Is the assertion relevant depending on its truth? Okay, so decide whether the assertion relevance is dependent upon its truth. Ask these two further questions. Number one, is the relevance of the out-of-court statement concerned with, the, with whether the statement is true or false? Okay, that is, does the truth or the untruth okay of the out of court statement really matter two on the other hand is the out of court statement relevant regardless of whether it is true or false or even if there is a way to 
tell whether it's true or false. Okay? Um, now, there's, there's such thing as, as it's known as Rule 801D. Okay? Um, and it's subject, right, to a little scrutiny or whatever. But uh, the most important thing to know about Rule 801D is that if a party's own statement is offered against him or her, it's not hearsay. So, for example, in the action uh, A versus B, if A offers B an out-of-court statement, then B, right, uh, excuse me, if A, off, if A offers B's out-of-court statement against B, then Rule 801 says that the out-of-court statement is not hearsay. So if one party offers another party's statement against the other, then Rule 801 says that the out-of-court statement is not hearsay. Okay. Really, that's, that's a really crucial element. Okay. Really crucial. Y'all give me just a second. Okay. Now, um, so at this point, you need to understand why and not just how, right? So I'm going to give y'all a few things, and then we'll go to the call line, right, because I don't want to take too long. This is open for Friday. It's not Sunday, and I'm, I'm teaching for real up here. Now, um, there are top 11 approaches to hearsay, and I'm going to give them to you. And then we'll open up the call line. So number one, right, is the formula. Hearsay is defined as um, out-of-court statements offered to prove the truth of the matter. Asserted in an out-of-court statement, except for those statements that fit within 801D, okay? So the formula um, is, they, they say, OSC plus, uh, they call it OTOMA, or O-T-O-M-A, minus 801D equals hearsay is the formula. Don't ask me how they put mass in that shit, I don't know, but that's the formula. Number two, the manufactured evidence approach. Okay? So, to some extent, the problem presented by hearsay evidence is that it cannot, well, actually it can be, it can be manufactured really easily. Okay? Um, because you have you have officials who who would like to bend their own rules, okay? Now, if we cannot question the original manufacturer of a particular raw material, he or she does not deliver it personally, right? Then we got to reject the raw material. We reject it because we consider the ability to question the original manufacturer to be such an important part of the quality control program. So what's the quality what of the statement that's being made against you, right? Really important. Three, the witness approach. Right? The witness approach is an important one, right? Who are the real witnesses to what we know? This requires figuring out two things. Number one, what what is it exactly, precisely, that we want to know? Number two, who are the real witnesses? Who has the personal knowledge? Motherfucker can't just come and say something against you. You you gotta have some real facts. Prosecuting attorney is not a witness. I'm sorry, but you're not a witness. The judge is not a witness, and judges cannot practice law from the bench. Okay. 
I'll say it again. Judges cannot practice law from the bench. Number four, they call it the two boxes approach. Okay? One is the out-of-court statement in one box. The other one is what's offered to prove this out-of-court statement. Okay? So, um, the out-of-court statement is the, the matter that's asserted, and then the, the offer to prove something. Uh, this is the matter that's asserted by the lawyer at trial, so this is the immediate interference to be drawn. Once again, this is why you use your case law, because there are precedent, precedents that have been set to help protect you. Okay, Number five, the comic balloons approach. Okay, So this approach is a way of visualizing whether there's an out-of-court statement. Okay, It does not help you uh, whether the statement is uh, is offered to prove the truth of the matter, but whether it's just an out of court statement. Okay, they call it the comics balloon approach. Number six, um, the what we want you to know versus what the in court declarant perceived approach is. Right, another important fact. Okay, so in other words, uh, do we only know what whether do we only know what's given to us, whether something was said or not? And if so, can we compare this with the in-court approach as well? So what is given to us by an out-of-court statement versus what's given to us in court? Which means this, because I don't want to confuse you. Somebody can write something down as an affidavit, right? Against you doesn't make sure it doesn't make it true. But if they show up in court and testify against you in court, in court, then you have a right to face your accuser, okay? And, to, and so then at that point in time, you're under oath or affirmation. Seven, the plain fact that the words were spoken approach. So what matters, the truth of the words spoken out of court uh, or the plain fact that they were spoken? So if the former is what is important, the out-of-court statement probably is hearsay, Okay? So if the latter is important, out of course statement probably is not hearsay. Number eight, the credibility approach. If the only person whose credibility is important is a testifying witness, then the out of court statement probably is not hearsay. Number nine, the effect on the mind of the hearer approach. Okay, so when the court statement has relevance, when we only consider the effect. It had uh, on who heard it or who read it, okay, not whether the statement was true or not, but it's just on the effect of those who heard it, then the statement is also not hearsay. Okay, number 10, the words with what they call independent legal effect approach, aka the verbal acts approach. So, does the mere fact that the words were spoken create, alter, complete some type of legal relationship? So do the words spoken out of court have a legal effect of their own? Does the fact of the utterance give rise to legal consequences? Is the utterance the issue? Because we have to remember you have a First Amendment right. You have a right to free speech. Okay? So in the breach of uh, contract action, in terms of a contract, contract is offered against the party to the lawsuit who is also the party to the contract. So then Rule 801D, what they call admission, is not hearsay. Okay? And then 11, they call it the flowchart approach. Okay? So in the court, right, in repetition of an out of court statement, right, um, you have a flowchart. 
okay? So they say, uh, in-court repetition of an out-of-court statement, yes or no. If it's yes, it's offered to prove the truth of the fact asserted in the statement. Then they ask yes or no, right? And if it's yes, it fits under Rule 801D. If it's no, then it's not hearsay. If it's yes, then um, then it's then then not the then it's not hearsay. If it's no, then it's hearsay, right? So it kind of goes like a like, kind of like a triangle, if you read like a pyramid. And there's a, there's a few different ones that you can use. Um, I would highly suggest that you take time to look into these things, right? And, and this is a, this is a kind of a difficult subject for me to really dive into because some of this shit with hearsay um, is real. It gets real technical, right? People, but people can't just say that you did anything. But I have some proof. You can't slander somebody's character, man. You you can't do that to people. Number one, it's unconscionable. Number two, it's just not right. Number three, you gotta have some proof. All right, call lines wide open. Thomas, why are you asking me about warranty deeds? This is not a warrant. This is not a show on warranty. You can ask me that in the private. Thank you, doctor. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break um, and we'll pay some bills. Call lines wide open, man. It's Friday. If you want to holler at me, all right, ask me anything. All right. But it was it was on, on my spirit to talk about this hearsay thing today. Actually, um, we want to talk about this for a minute. So we'll get into it. Call lines wide open, 347-989-0194. Dr. Thomas, if you want to ask that question, you can call it Money. 
time you went out with somebody that you thought you were in love with, thought is the operative word, wouldn't you have lied to have a, a template? Oh, let's follow this process instead of, because that is a journey. And all the mistakes you made and raising this fucking little shithead for kids you got, instead of having this book, life doesn't have to be a journey. It's a journey for morons. You think life is a journey for the Trump kids? It's a motherfucking process, the same process his daddy raised him by. Same for me. Life ain't a journey if you're my kid. It's a goddamn process. So you tell me if you're results-orientated at all, who's better off, the journey or the process? And for the most part, most people in this room and most people listening on YouTube have to come to the realization, as sad as it is, that you have pissed, you have urinated, heretofore, up until this morning, your entire life down a fucking shithole. Very simple. That's it. If you want to create massive wealth, if you just want to be a happy, slappy, housewife from fucking Dundee or a happy slappy bimbo from fucking Toronto or a happy slappy guy who goes to the Little League games in Mesa, Arizona, then that's okay. But if you want to create some fucking money, and money's not everything, 
But if you don't money, think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to fucking shop. Say that with an Irish accent. Okay. If, <laughs> if you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. If you don't think money can buy happiness, you don't know where to shop. Correct. <laughs> uh, correct. And, but I mean, you can get money and then go save the world. You can get money and save the forests in Brazil. You make money and go save global warming, which I don't believe in. You can, I mean, and save the, uh, the kids in Biafra and all that shit. But without money, you can't save a fucking thing. Don't you understand? Don't the fucking idiots on YouTube understand that? Until you make some shekels. Until you make some fucking coin. You can't help anybody. Because if love got the job done, you wouldn't all be fucked up. And I've had mothers, daughters, grandfather, daughter, uh, son. I've run three generations of the gamut in this seminar here. And they all say the exact same thing. The daughter looks to the mother, you fucked me up. The, the mother looks to the father, you fucked me up. And they all agree. And where it really gets dicey is the second or, three day, second or third days after they have a few drinks, a few pops. Then it, gets, it can get fucking ugly, as Sally would say. Fucking ugly. Nothing like a mother to turn on her daughter or vice versa. Nothing like it. It's like in the fucking movies. It's like a goddamn soap opera. Because that's life. And if we admit it to ourselves, then we have an opportunity to move on. If we don't, then we're just fucked in the quagmire. DipsetUSA.com. Yes. Go to booking at DipsetUSA.com yes. and make it happen if you're a promoter trying to get on. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. How you doing, my brother? Yeah, happy, happy holy day, my brother. I, I got in happy late, you too. know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, 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 I missed it, but I was just calling in to uh, uh, take you keep up the good work, my brother. You know, I, 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 I came in, I came in late, you know, so, so. That's all right. Get a chance to go back and check it out. Yes, sir. Okay, my brother, I'm going to yield the floor and, right, and, and happy, have a great day. happy holiday. You too. Happy holiday, brother. Thank you. Peace to God. Peace to the God. Call lines is open, man. If y'all want to holler at me, y'all know me. I don't got to stick around. It's open for a Friday, so if you want to ask a question, Ask your question now. Don't text me later after the show and ask. Ask now, man. This is the time. I'll answer Dr. Thomas's question. She says, when you transfer your warranty deed to the trust, should the trust's address uh, be that of the property when filing out of the paperwork for conveyance of property? Well, first of all, why does the trust have an address? Are you why, And why are you calling it an address? 
Addresses are for citizens. Addresses are for reds, trust reds, which means the state owns your shit. Okay? So when you transfer a warranty deed to the trust, should the trust uh, be that, should the trust address or domicile be that of the property when filing the paperwork? Well, yeah. I would say so. See, a the, the whole point of doing trust administration, this is why I've always told y'all, the law is very specific. It says that when you uh, when you operate a trust, the trust is supposed to be administered right where the property is situated. So your trustee really should be wherever the property is situated for the conveyance of the property. I'm not into um, really not into the whole thing of you know moving mortgages and all that. But if you own the property, you can technically move it how you want to. Okay, you can put it. Because there are people who who have trust um, who live in other states, right? And you know they rightfully put their property into the trust. You can do that, no problem. Okay, but I would say that. At least make sure that your trustee's domicile is similar to one of those particular um, locations that you use for where your trust is situated. Hopefully that helps you out, Dr. Thomas. All right. Let's go to makemorecommerce.com. I see many, a lot of people don't have any hands up today, so that's cool. I'm not tripping like that. Uh, St. Louis seminar is coming up. Philadelphia is coming up. All right. So if you want to Sign up for those seminars. Make sure you holler at me. Um, it's Friday. Happy holidays to y'all, man. Hope y'all have a great day. Um, last call for alcohol, y'all. If you got a question? If not, I'm up out of here. I'm going to raise the bar. Say have a great day. Uh, I'll see y'all on Sunday. Peace to the gods. Uh, the mighty set. Santana, what's up? More like a movement you need be in tune with. Killer the Dawn, what's good? Crack music, crack. Diplomatic community, 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 Diplomatic Where before we was dropping knowledge on samples We listen Cutting raw and using bottles and samples Few made it out but I only recall a handful Most got locked and turned the t-shirts and candles in Walls on with bodies pop up dead Harlem Big difference from the cops and the feds Shut that out A big difference from the dawn and drop head I told them use it as my casket if I drop dead Money, power, respect is what the lock said You saw the lot of lock and respect is what the cops said Fuck the cops Paparazzi flicks on the six pack Click, click, click Grammy bunch with the 40s by the ribcage Got my jacks, we want to be this like Big Dave R.I.P. I've been by roadies since the kid's age Four, five, six, top in the seven series Backstop drop top shit, I can see having clearly Right for me Try to put them on the game, but they never hear me So maybe it's Texas, the closest that you're getting near me Shit, cause life is so ferocious that it's getting scary it's hard to stay focused, my eyes are getting teary Optimus, what up, nigga? Diplomatic community Hey, yo, Capo, what up, man? Community Wait, some talent shit, huh? Community Shit, almost got us Diplomatic community Diplomatic community
community After I fuck all these girls wanna spoon with me Come get into with me I'm shining like the sun and girl you looking like the moon to me Yes you are Your man a goon he's scared to be in the room with me That's detrimental I don't deal with anything that's sentimental Had cocaine in the rental Nothing sweet but all my sweets are presidential Dead presidents I'm done with residential What I mean man I bought my own zip code Leave me alone, I go flip mode Don't care if you black with a big nose White with big toes Just how the shit goes The kid with the sick flow Jewelry, got Bruce Leroy Slash Slick Rick Glow Fuck is you, Negro She crazy Do you know what the fifth is? Yes, Father, I know what the fifth is. The fifth is that if you can't tell the grounds that I'm not a criminal. The fifth commandment. Thou shalt not kill. That's right. Now I want you to tell me what happened. No, Father. I'm not telling nobody nothing. Don't be afraid, my son. Nobody's more powerful than God. I don't know about that, Father. Your guy's bigger than my guy up there. But my guy's bigger than your new guy down here.